0: This episode of Kicks and Bricks is brought to you by the DEN Consulting Agency. The DEN is a marketing agency that works directly with firms and provides them with innovative, distinct strategies that will take your projects to the next level. Drive your business and promote your products with The Den today. Consulting, that's what we want, baby. You can find them online at thedenconsulting.com and by phone at 646-770-2507. Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice fake by Kings. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of Kings Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six.
1: Off to Kobe. Good likes Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled,
0: after the ball nestled in the net, he waves to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets and on the court. Money's got to be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. Shoe. Shoe. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, ma. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler.
2: Welcome to Kicks and Bricks. Pulling up today is one of Baltimore's finest, Will Thrill Barton of the Denver Nuggets. What's up, Will? How you doing?
1: Man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Can't complain.
2: Can you believe it's been a year since the NBA shutdown?
1: Nah, man, it, it still seems kind of crazy. I still remember um, that last game that I played, and we were in um, Dallas, and uh, we found out on the court that the season was being delayed, and it it's been like a movie ever since. So
2: last year, like around this time, like, like, like. Like what was going through your mind as like the world was shutting down, the NBA was shutting down. Like what was going through
1: your mind? Um, it 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 was a lot of different things going on in my mind. Um, especially when it when we first shut down, you know, I I still didn't take the pandemic as serious because I was thinking, you know, at first they were saying we probably shut down for a week, a couple of weeks, and we get back to it. But once, mm-hmm. you know, the months start going by and we still weren't playing and, um, you know, the world was still the same with the pandemic. Um, it, made you, it made me take it more serious and um, just think like, you know any moment, everything could change in the blink of an eye. So it was definitely just eye-opening for me. You know, like the
2: tail in the last season coming into this season, it's been like one of the most condensed seasons in um, NBA history. Like mentally, how has this turnaround? around? been for you and like been for the team?
1: Um it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. And um it it's been the most mentally challenging season of my career and I think of any any player in the NBA's career. Um with everything you think about with the pandemic still going on, the short turnaround from where we picked up uh when we picked up the season last last year finished it and then got back and in, got into this season, um, with, you know, limited shoot around, limited preseason. Um everything moves so fast. And uh with all the protocols and things of that nature, um, it's tough. Um it's, it's just something is uncharted waters, things we we have never done. Have not happened the fans. Um not being able to, you know, just really move how you want to, at home or on the road, it it's it just it, it's different. It's very it's very different. And I know it's it's hard for guys to stay locked in the whole season because you're worried about so many different other things that's going on in the world, um, with your family and make sure everybody else is is, is safe and okay. Um, it, it's challenging. Very challenging.
2: You know, despite all the challenges, you guys are still floating atop the Western Conference. Can you talk about, like, Denver's rise from, like, being kind of like a French playoff team to, like, a team that has a lot of expectations going into the second half of the season?
1: Um, It's something we worked at. Um, I was here in the beginning when uh, we weren't that good. And uh, we were just trying to turn it around and, you know, become a team that could you know, win games and then become a team that can make the playoffs, and now we're here where you know we could possibly contend for a, a, a NBA championship. is is an exciting feeling, and um, as a as a as a competitor, that's the only thing you can ask for is a shot to to do something special and and win a championship. So, um, I think we all embrace it. We all want that challenge. I feel like um, even in the season, as tough as it is mentally. Uh, we, we, we stayed tough. We've had a lot of injuries, guys being out because of COVID. And, uh, you know, we stayed afloat. And now we're just trying to um, get everybody back, get healthy, and, and make this, uh, this big push. Like
2: last year in the bubble, like you guys came back from two, three, one deficits. Like can you talk about like how last year's playoff run kind of like propelled you guys into the success that you're having this season?
1: I think it, it just made us realize that um, we can overcome anything if we stay together and, and play hard. A lot of people counted us out in both of those series after going down 3-1. And somehow we still figure out a way to stay together, not give up and and overcome in both of those series. So now it gives us this belief and confidence that you know we can always get it done. And um, I think you need that as a team trying to compete for a championship that alternate belief and knowing that when we lock in and um and we're together that we can accomplish great things so it, i think it only helped us and um we just gotta we just gotta keep believing keep staying together and, and and we'll be fine
2: you know this season Jokic has emerged as an mvp candidate like like for you as a three and d guy on the wing like what is it like playing with a guy? with Jokic's um skill set.
1: Um well, I'm not a 3D guy. Uh <laughs> okay. um I am more I'm more of a a, a, a do it all, do. do everything. I make plays for us, shoot threes, get to the rim and try to play defense and rebound. So I kind of I kind of do everything. But uh yo, um I think he I married us MVP candidate 2 years ago think now he's getting more credit for it because he's been even more dominant. But with him, he's unstoppable. Um, he, he he poses so many different matchup problems with his skill set, with his ability to shoot threes, put the ball on the floor, post up. He has a mid-range game, and he's a willing and unselfish passion. His vision is crazy. So it, it's really no stopping him. It's really up to him. And um, as you can see this season, he's been bringing it every night. He's just been dominant. And when he's he's playing that way, he makes the game easier for the whole team.
2: You know, um, Jokic kind of reminds me of one of the white guys that be on the corners in Brooklyn eating (laughs) jerk chicken for some reason. What's like the best Jokic story that you have?
1: Man, oh. I don't know, man. I I think a lot of people, um, I will say I think a lot of people that's not in our locker room organization probably think, you know, he's he's quiet and stuff like that because he doesn't like to do media and stuff like that. But he's actually funny, man. He tells a lot of jokes. He's always singing and dancing. He's actually one of the most lively uh, uh, guys we have in the whole locker room, and he's just it's just a joy to be around, man. He's always you know, try to put a smile on someone's face and they always come in in a good mood and, you know, just just trying to make the locker room light.
2: All right, so, like, in my opinion, I think you're, like, you're one of the most underrated dudes in the league. Like, you have one of the best plus minuses around. And, like, there's a big debate right now, actually, among, like, the analytics group and, like, the eye test group. Like, do you feel, like, that the spreadsheet crowd kind of, like, ruined the game? Because they
1: just basically use analytics for everything right now. Um, the analytics, I think it, it it helps, but to an extent, man. At the end of the day, the eye test is the most important thing when it comes to basketball. Basketball is a game of feel. It's a game of yeah. touch. And it's wow. a game of experience. You can't get a bunch of guys who never played or never played that that level and – and, and think they're gonna know best just because they always have these this number system and all this data and all that stuff, man. At The end of the day, you gotta go out there and hope and 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 play basketball. So um, some of the stuff is good, but for the most part, man, it's still a, a game and it's still a feel, and you still have to go out there and play and try not to think too much, man. Um, basketball is basketball, man. <laughs> I know people are trying to ruin it with all these different numbers and, and, and things of that nature, man. We we let a lot of people outside of the outside of the culture now get in the culture and it's kind of messing up the game and you you kinda see it even with the kids coming up now, man. It's it's just different.
2: Right, because um I forgot who who I was watching, but dude was like on a three on one fast break instead of like going to the hoop.
1: That he was just us. Took a
2: three- oh, that, 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 yeah. So that was you guys. So yeah. So like things like that, I think, kind of, kind of like part, part, um, parlays to the analytics crowd a little bit because yeah. if they wasn't because around, people you are guys telling
1: people to just run and shoot threes all game all day long, and now you're, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you're taking away the simplicity of the game. At the end of the day, yeah, you want to get threes up because they, you know, they add up you know, more than twos. But at the same time, man, you got to take simple layups and simple drives to the rim and mid-range jumpers because that makes the game whole and pure.
2: Right. And um, I was watching Open Run the the other day around All-Star weekend. But no disrespect to Lil Baby, but I think if you put the analytics crowd on the court, you'll see a lot of air balls just like Lil Baby did at Open Run.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, man. A lot of these guys probably can't even make a left-hand layup, man. So, you know that <laughs> you, you try to ignore those guys, man. Uh, they probably can't even get out there and do a simple crossover or make a or make a jump shot. So, they're giving all these different opinions on how the game should be played and, and 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 what should be done on the court and 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 what should be looked at as good and bad when they're bad (laughs) so how can you know you really even base the game solely on what someone like that thinks like I said we let too many people in that culture that was outside of the culture and and they're making a huge impact on the game and it's not good you know low-key watching
2: little baby at that open run was kind of kind of my guilty pleasure of all-star (laughs) Weekend. you know aside from looking at um you know, all the fits and the sneakers, like, are you surprised that fashion has become such a, such an integrated part of, um, basketball and NBA culture?
1: No, because if, I feel like if you do your homework on it, it's always been a staple in the game. Uh, you look even back at guys like, uh, was that Walt Frazier from the Knicks? Um, you know, he was coming in with the funky suits and you know, he he was having drip, uh, a lot of players, man. Julius Irvin, if you look at old Pitch and how you you listen to stories about him and how he was, you know, coming to game, he was fly. Uh, Julius Gervin, those guys, man, um, it, it it always was a staple in it. I feel like now it's just more publicized because of social media, the bigger platforms that we have today that they didn't have then. But it, 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 to me, it's always been that way.
2: You know, and I think like the NBA or the players, like they're like one foot away from just doing a full blown out fashion show one day, and I think that would be kind of dope at at least for like Fashion Week, just one time, just to try it out and see. I think that would be a dope thing to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, walking into the rain is almost like walking into a you know, walking on a runway, you know. Um, And we got so many different personalities in the NBA, so many different guys that like to dress different ways that it could definitely happen. We got so many different people into different things that I don't think that would be too hard to pull off.
2: And how would you describe, like, your own fashion sense coming
1: from um, Baltimore? My fashion sense, um... I'm just versatile, man. I like a lot of different things. I I try to pride myself on um being able to have so many different looks. You get what I'm saying? Like my whole flow is unorthodox. Like I might come in one day dressed like a schoolboy or per se a nerd. Then I might come in on some businessman with some suits, and one day I might, you know dress like you know a, a rapper or, or a rock star or someone from the streets or the block you know i try to give different looks because i feel like i'm big enough to do that like uh, my style i could throw anything and look good i'm into a lot of different stuff so and i and i don't like when just i don't like just having one flow i don't like just having one style where you can pin me into one thing you get what i'm saying i don't like that so I try to come with different looks, so I'm very, very versatile.
2: What's your um what's your sneaker game like right now? Like what's in your rotation?
1: Man, I got so many different sneakers. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like whatever I feel, like I'm changing my rotation all the time. Like if I go in my closet right now, I got so many kicks. Like, it's crazy. Like. I mean, of course, I'm wearing Armour shoes. I'm sponsored by them, so I wear them on the court. And then I got, like, sneakers from them that I wear off the court. And then I'm real big on designer shoes. You know, I try to stay true to my brand, to, to the Armour brand, so I don't really wear Jordans or Nikes and, and things of that nature. So when I'm not Armour, I mean, I'm wearing a lot of designer shoes. I mean, I got Christian Louboutins. uh, t- Fendi shoes, I got Gucci shoes, uh, Louis Vuitton shoes. Uh, I mean, I got so many different pairs, man. It's it, 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 it's crazy. I got Bally shoes. I got all kinds of shoes. Like, I just, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard to fit me in a box. I wake up and how I feel? I look in my closet and I just go about it that way. I don't have nothing set yet.
2: And how do you feel about like the luxury brands kind of, um, you know, hooking up with with sneaker companies? Not UA, but you know, just in general. Like, do you feel that they're kind of leeching off sneaker culture, or do you think they add something
1: to it? I think they add something to it. I feel like anytime you collab, that's a dope thing, and it should be celebrated as a dope as a dope thing. We should always come together and bump heads and rub ideas and try to come up with you know, just just dope collabs. Um, We all, you know, feed off different things, get different energies from different things, and we're always inspired by, by each other. So I don't think it should never be considered leeching unless you're doing something and not giving nobody credit, just trying to steal. But if we come together, collaborate, and we work together, I think that should always be celebrated.
2: All right, and then I seen recently that you relaunched your clothing line. Can you tell us um, a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, man, we got the Protect the Family. Um, that's my brand. Uh, my website, protofam.com, Instagram, uh, protofam, and uh, we just relaunched our online, online site where we just selling merch. Um, I kind of rebranded, uh, revamped it a little bit, um, added the uh lion as our uh animal logo and we just did some different things. Like I actually got one of the shirts on now. Got the PTF in uh-huh. the in the gold and then, you know, to protect the family and the white going across it. Uh but we got all kinds of stuff, man. Hats, socks, sweatsuits, shirts. We're gonna be dropping all kinds of stuff as it as it go on. But um just had to relaunch it, man. I got a passion for my brand. and Just wanted to, um, you know, just jump out there and and, and give it a try, man. I'm more hands-on, day-to-day with it. So I just wanted to, um, you know, people always ask me about it, so I just wanted to put it out there. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, Brandon Jennings, he launched his own line, like, last year or the year before. Like, do you see this as, like, a growing trend amongst um, players today?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I do because, like I said, once you once you play ball, man, it opens up so many different avenues and, and 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 different ventures for you, man. And like I said, a lot of the the players, man, are into fashion, like dressing. And then you have your own brand and your own style. So you try to mix it. And so of course you want to see a lot of guys, you know, do their own, you know, clothing lines and and merch and, and things of that nature. So I think it's dope, man. I think it's dope.
2: Um, is the store still open? Because I remember a few years ago, you, you had opened the store up in Baltimore. Like, is it still open?
1: No, I just wanted to do oh, the online oh. thing for right now. Oh. So oh, right. the store is not yeah. open. I just wanted to do the online thing right now and just see how that goes and then maybe we could talk about doing doing the store again. But I just wanted to start just to see how I went.
2: All right, but when you had the store, it kind of reminded me what Nip did for his community and with his brand, The Marathon, in his old, in his old hood, like how important is it like to give back to your community and give people that you like grew up with or that you're familiar with an opportunity that they won't have
1: up? I feel it's real important, man, especially coming from the places, you know, I come from or NIP come from um, just because they don't see success on a, on a, on a daily basis, up close and personal anyway. you got to think back to when you were a kid or when I was a kid, the most success you probably see is, is on TV or, Facts, man. A, mag- or a magazine or, or something like that. So it doesn't seem real to the average kid. You get what I'm saying? And that's when they start doing other things that takes them down a different path because the only success they might be seeing is the neighborhood dope boy. So they don't you can't blame a kid for taking that route because they're not looking at it as right around. They're looking at it as surviving and, and trying to take care of themselves. So it's always important when you make something good of yourself to come back and show those young kids that, hey, it can be done. You don't got to take this path. You can do it this way. And it's possible because I come from your neighborhood. I lived in the same places, went to some of the same schools, hung out in some of the same places you did, something no different from you. And I beat the odds and made it. So, so can you. So that's my biggest, my biggest thing. I try to take from it and, and, and get back to the kids. Just give them some inspiration and give them hope because in some of the neighborhoods I grew up in there is no hope. And when there's no hope, you'll turn to anything to survive. So I try to um, show them success by coming back. That's what that's that's what it means to me by coming back.
2: You know, um, fashion is like heavily, heavily influenced by the streets that any of your pieces um, that you design kind of
1: like represent that a little bit or? I mean, everything I do, everything I do mm-hmm. because that's where I come from. So I would be, you know, not keeping it all the way 100 if I said only one part, the, the, mm-hmm. every, everything, everything I really do because that's, that's where I come from. And I feel like those are where the greatest creations come from anyway, so everything I do comes from that idea I had growing up having a imagination and 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 having a plan and knowing one day when I got older and become successful be try to put these things in play like when I was a kid, you didn't know how you how you, how I'd be able to do it. But I always thought of you know having a a u team back home um having a store having a clothing having kids and the, the community look up to me and be able to give back in certain ways. So everything I do is inspired by the streets and from the streets because I'm a product of it.
2: I like fashion wise, like who's the best dress amongst
1: um the people inside your locker room? Uh me. I'm one. Gary Harris is two, he Gary be coming with it. Um Mm, we top two. That's all I say. <laughs> we the top. We the top dogs on the team for sure. All right,
2: and then I also seen that you dabbled in um rap too. Like who are like some MCs that influence your style a little bit?
1: Um, East Sosa. Uh, that's a rapper from from uh Baltimore. He influenced me a lot. You should look him up and listen to him. Dope, dope artist. Um, future, um, I would say, uh, Lil Wayne, um, uh, Drake, um, and Jay Z, those would be my my top, those, everybody I named that would be my top. I think I did, I just named five. Yeah, Sosa, E-Sosa, Future, uh-huh. Wayne, Drake, Ho. Yeah, those five, probably the biggest. But I get inspired by a lot of different artists that I hear. Even uh-huh. even uh, female artists, even female that, that don't even rap, even singers. Like, I get inspired by R&B, too, and any, any different kind of music I hear. As long as I can relate to it, as long as it's telling the story, that's what... That's what inspired me to actually make music is the storytelling aspect of it because my story is so unique and I want to be able to to talk about it, inspire others. so any 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 artists out here and I like that's doing good storytelling I get inspired by a lot of different music out here, but those would be the to me the, the the top five though
2: you know and nowadays like you really don't hear too much storytelling no more and I think that's kind of a lost art
1: in my book. It is, it is, it is, it is. Um, I think that, that's why the five I just named, all of them do good at, at storytelling, just different type of stories. But I feel like it is, I don't want to hear no rap or music period all day. That's just, it has no substance. It's just like, that's cool with I'm out or, you know, just, Looking for a quick turn up or something like that, but my through my day, when you chilling in the car, or you going through something, or I'm trying to get inspired, I need storytelling, and that's definitely a lost art right now. I think a lot of stuff is just about beats and a catchy hook, and boom, you on. But I agree with you on that.
2: And did GoGo kind of inspire you? Because I know since you're from um, Baltimore, I know that type of music is pretty heavy out there.
1: Nah. Be, and where I'm from, we I'm from Baltimore. We don't even listen to go go. That's D C shit. We don't. For real? Yeah, we don't. That's D C music. We don't listen to that in Baltimore. We had the club. We had the uh, the club music and shit like that. But we ain't, we ain't never listened to go go. I I listened to go. I, well, I I never listened to it, but I heard go go when I went to school one year in Fort Washington, Maryland. I went to the school called National Christian Academy, and they was happy on it because. You know, that's close to DC and stuff like that, that DMV area, but we're in Baltimore, we don't listen to no go-go. We don't even associate ourselves with the DMV. Like we, it's just Baltimore, like that's it. Like we don't even associate ourselves with that.
2: You know, um, you like the third person that told me that I thought like Baltimore and DMV was like all one thing.
1: No, that's a, two different you. things. There I don't you. even know, I'm gonna be honest with you. The DMV is something people created that did not live in DC and did not live in Baltimore but lived on the outskirts. You get what I'm saying? They lived Mm -hmm. on the outskirts. The people who recently created the DMV are people that did not live in Baltimore and did not live in DC and lived on the outskirts because you couldn't claim Baltimore if you weren't from Baltimore, you couldn't claim DC if you weren't from DC. So that's how the DMV came about because true Baltimore people we don't claim DMV. I don't know what they say in DC, but Baltimore, we don't we don't claim no DMV. I, I, that's we're not a part of that. <laughs> we're the part <laughs> of it.
2: All right. So um like I wanna know how you feel about the stigma that's kind of attached to like NBA guys and when it comes to picking up the mic. How do you feel about that?
1: I, I feel nothing. I feel no ways about it. Um, you just do what you want to do. Me, I do what I want to do. Uh-huh. Like I ain't worried about no if. Uh, oh, you hoot. So uh, he trying to rap too. Like I know that's what people say, and they don't take it serious. But I'm not doing it for no for no praise from nobody or or no no serious recognition. I do it because I really like it, and it's a way for me to release and say things that i would never say in a conversation or i don't go to i don't i don't go to therapy so i can't release it that way so to me it's kind of like it's my own way of therapy So i don't really care it's it's something for me to get off my chest so i'm doing it just because that's what i want to do so i don't really Mm -hmm. care about that
2: you know i could respect that answer man that's a good answer I respect that. Well, um, I want to thank you for joining us today, you know, and I wish you and Denver all this all the continued success going into the second half of the um the second half of the season.
1: Appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me too.